What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched The Prom, the new movie on Netflix based on the Broadway musical of the same name. Based on an actual thing that sort of happens. Yeah, loosely. I didn't look into that, but that's the way any, anything that's <laughs> based on a true story is, yeah. is loosely. loosely. Loosely based on a thing that happens. I think maybe inspired by thing that happened would yeah, be better. Probably um, a better name. In general, it. for all films and TV shows <laughs> based on it. We stole this idea. Mm. Okay, so this is our first unrehearsed, unresearched, unedited take on it. It's full of spoilers. It's a new movie. Yeah, it came out like this weekend. Yeah, like so yesterday. I'm just gonna extra emphasize spoilers. Although, um, and I think you know where this film is going to yeah, go. Yeah, so nothing in not, this film particularly surprised me. You know me from the beginning. That, okay, these are the characters. This is what their arcs are going to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, but. If you don't want any spoilers, stop. Go, go watch, watch it. The Prom on Netflix. Go, go watch it. Um, and I think I can recommend watching it. Yeah, I would recommend watching it. It's fine. It's good. It's a good watch, <laughs> I guess, right. in the holidays. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty much exactly the movie you expect it to be. Yep. Yep. It's... Uh, Okay, well, let's see. The, sum- the summary of... It's exactly of... the movie you expect it to be. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a PTA or a, a school in Indiana that's portrayed as being in rural... I mean, suburban like, is really the, suburban, the feel I get from it. Where small-minded fe- people live. Small-minded, bigoted people. Who cancel uh, the prom. The prom because one of the students wants to bring her girlfriend as yes. her date. Um they also have a very outdated dress code where women must wear dresses and men must wear pants at the tuxes prom. Not at, just the, in life. at the prom. Um, but that that gets skipped over. The more important thing is the homophobia. Yes. yes. But um, and so these kind of washed out big Broadway stars are looking for a cause to give them some good PR and find this on Twitter and decide to go help go solve the prom go solve the prom um and that's it and And that's it (laughs) that's that's pretty much it uh it's really the the broadway characters have to learn a lesson um and have more of a character arc even than than the the town almost and the yes um the main character emma emma yeah, she does. Emma doesn't have a huge arc, which is fine, but considering she's one of really only two queer characters, and she's strong the whole time. Like these yeah. horrible things have happened to her. She's been kicked out of her house and disowned mm-hmm. by her parents. Um, she now has the whole school turns against her because they see her as she getting the the prom reason prom is canceled, canceled rather yeah. than the bigotry of of the parents that mm-hmm. voted to do that which is a very teenage thing to do oh of course of course but she never she's strong throughout she never looks upset mm-hmm. um that said i i do think that the actor joellen pellman might have been the best thing in this movie yes i thought she was great i thought she was fabulous she did an amazing job uh, and she was she was cast for this it was a national talent search and she was discovered as they say yeah um i think my favorite moments were when she was on screen and yeah and I, I think she did a lot and it was more interesting to watch than the, like tight headline the headline yes headliners yeah and i think some of that is this isn't 
part of the point of the show is that this should be Emma's story, mm-hmm. but we spend a lot of time forgetting that it's supposed to be Emma's story, not unlike the the main characters do. I I was watching and I I was thinking um I was remembering, oh yeah, this is a Broadway musical. I remember seeing um a snippet of it on the Tony Awards, mm-hmm. which is usually my only exposure to yeah. what's on Broadway because I don't listen to soundtracks yeah. um, for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> only, I'll only listen to it if we're going to go see the show yeah. while I'm doing my research. Um, and I was watching and I was like, I think, I think I'd rather see this on stage. Oh, yeah. Especially the songs. Um, a lot of character world-building songs were all done in montage, sort of, in different locations. And I kind of wanted to see just how that would be on stage and how it would be staged and um, as they're running and singing, Mm. talking to a bunch of characters, Mm -hmm. singing all in the same song and piece. No, yeah, I I agree completely. I was like, this this looks like it would be a really good Broadway show, (laughs) was a thought I had multiple times. More, um, yeah more engaging and i mean i do think i think that the stardom of nicole kidman meryl street james corden um andrew reynolds maybe andrew he's not as big as the rest of them um i was contributing to making emma seem like a smaller character yeah i again i don't know because on broadway they weren't playing it. No. Um, I, on, on Broadway, it was all pe- people of relatively equal level of fame. Uh, as to the characters they were playing? I don't know. No. Or is... it, the, like, meaning they weren't more famous than Emma. Oh, the okay. The actors playing Emma. In terms of the actors playing yes. everyone. Um, and, and I just... For, I, I enjoyed the first world-building song... Um, where Meryl Street and James Corden are, are some, some sort of acting duo partnership. Mm-hmm. They're on the red carpet to the premiere of the previews for their new musical about Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And it's building um, that they're both narcissistic stars. Yeah. Um, and it does a very good job of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it does a very good job. It's a fun song. It's a fun song. Um and then they're they're seen in what is it Sardis? The, yeah, the I'm pretty sure it was Sardis, or at least meant to evoke Sardis. Oh, he had Andrew Rennell has a, had a Sardis uh, on. Has had on his vest, his bartending. I vest. believe you. Um, and how much power and glam and fame they were getting, and I was thinking, okay, maybe that happens in Broadway stars' minds, but not in the public imagination. Yeah. <laughs> In the very niche world of, like, the Broadway universe, uh-huh. <laughs> the scale is different. And this, to me, I, because I, I know nothing about the production of this musical to begin with. What I do know is that it was the first big Broadway musical by Bob Martin mm-hmm. um, after Drowsy Chaperone. Mm-hmm. And Drowsy Chaperone was a huge success. It won Best Musical. Uh, at the Tonys, I'm pretty sure. It had Sutton Foster, who's amazing. It had a great cast overall. Bob Martin was the lead. He played Man in Chair. Yeah. 
I, I, that's why I was thinking, where is Sutton Foster and like Lauren Berlanti? There was as so much E's? better casting that could have I mean, happened. Patty Lapone. Yeah, no, I would have put Patty Lapone. If if you have to get a name and you don't want to cast the original Broadway stars, which you should do, if you have to get a name, you put Patty Patty Lapone in Meryl Streep's role. You put Sutton Foster in Nicole Kidman's role. Uh-huh. I don't know who you have play James Corden role, but you find someone gay. Well, I saw, <laughs> I, I was seeing some, I I was reading a little bit up on the James Corden controversy yeah. before we started. Um, some suggestions thrown out were Nathan Lane, because the age yeah. works a lot better with the age of the You're right. Nathan Lane um, would be a great character choice. who's played by Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the critics even threw out Stanley Tucci, who is straight, but they thought could have done a better job with the character. I, but. I think Stanley Tucci would have brought a lot of nuance to the role that James Corden did not um, play. So, yeah. <laughs> mm. And, and yeah, James Corden was fine. Uh, I thought, I mean, I, Meryl Streep does does well in musicals. Yeah. Uh, I actually think this is her strongest performance in a musical so far that we've mm-hmm. seen. Um, yeah, I, I think this was, this was miles better than Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Uh, she had a big number in Mary Poppins. She wasn't a big character, but she did. Oh, yeah, big, she did have a big number big in Mary number. Poppins. Yeah, um, she was fine in Mary Poppins. I, um, thought, I thought she brought a lot to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think her, her vocal range has improved, mm-hmm. and, of course, she's bringing... Meryl Streep chops to the table. Yeah. So <laughs> she's still Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. So it's, the it's bar not is a, high. It's not a bad performance. You can't like. I don't think you can go wrong casting Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep in like anything mo- most roles. Um, yeah, I, you can you can put in almost anything and it'll be all right. Um. So yeah, we got to think with what they did though, rather mm-hmm. than who than our, the movie we our want. Dream cast would be. <laughs> Um, oh, Patty Lapone would have killed that, though. I I just thought for a viewing public on Netflix, that's a, a percentage of our big theater nerds and oh, all yeah. the Broadway. Yeah, but most people aren't. Yeah, that it detracts when you see movie stars playing huge Broadway stars, and that's always your association. Yes, yeah, I think that's very true. And they're not um, as talented in musicals as. Broadway, Broadway stars. stars. They do well. Yeah, they even make a joke at the beginning about who play, who's playing Roxy in the current version right. of Chicago, and, yeah, and they list off every twenty different Hollywood, Hollywood actors. Actor. Yeah, which is funny, but doesn't land as well when you've just cast Meryl Streep in your film adaptation of a Broadway musical. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Um, I, I appreciate she walks into Sardis and you see the back of her and her and she bossy just nails hands. It. Yeah, but it's the back of her. I don't think that was Nicole Kidman doing the Fosse hands. No, I don't think it was Nicole Kidman either. Because <laughs> there were several cutaways during some of her ba- dance numbers, especially in Fosse-esque yes. uh, choreography. I'm like, oh, I don't think not... that's... Yeah. Mm, darn! Yeah. N- Nicole Kidman struggled, I think, a little bit. Because I, I went into this, um, and this sounds, again, go watch the movie. It's fun. It's a great movie. It's, it's, a, good it's, it's a good movie. Turn it on for everyone. Enjoy it. That being said, here's my criticisms. Um, I went into this expecting, I think, the worst of James Corden, because I had been reading some of these things. Yeah. I had seen people's reactions. Oh, yeah. And, and James Corden was fine. He didn't ruin it. 
I I was girding my loins, I yes. believe is the phrase. I was expecting I was like prepared for the worst. Nathan Lane and Birdcage, which yeah. I, I don't think it's we don't call that like a gay face. It's a very no. effeminate character. Yeah. It's probably maybe the most effeminate gay character. Yes. Um in popular film. Yeah, I would say that's History. that's fair. So yeah. I was expecting like that level. Yeah, out of which James I think James Corden. Corden doing would have been real bad. It would have been horrendous. Um, he did not do that. He was surprisingly measured. Um, but all I could think about was James Corden's a better actor than this. Yeah, like I remember watching uh, *Servant of Two Masters*. Which was phenomenal. It was. Yep. That's what he got his Tony for yeah, in the U.S. Rightfully the only so. <laughs> t- well, I guess Andrew Rennell has a... Yeah, Andrew Rennell. I don't know if he's got a Tony. He was, he was in Book of Mormon. Yeah. He's he's done a lot of Broadway work. Um, that's, that's I would say, he's more known for his Broadway work than his film stuff. Yeah. He might have been in Glee, but everybody's been in Glee. No, he so. wasn't in Glee. He was in Pitch Perfect. He was in Pitch Perfect, which is like Glee, but a movie. Um, <laughs> what was the point I was making? Oh! James, James Corden is so much better than he was in this movie. And I think that was disappointing. I think maybe he was too afraid of being overly effeminate and didn't know what else to do instead. Yeah, it did feel like... Like he didn't play anything a lot of the time. It just felt like James Corden... Um, which is disappointing when I know that he can accomplish a lot. When I know that he can bring nuance and comedy to acting. Because I've seen him do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was good. Um, so that was that was disappointing. But it yes. Was, it, yeah, it's, it was not a strong performance. It was very much a subtler mm-hmm. play. And... and I, what he's getting called when he's getting called on gay face i think there's a few things happening one is that he does have effeminate gestures and some effeminate mm-hmm. intonations mm-hmm. um i've seen critics listing a lisp occasionally i didn't hear it but my hearing's not great yeah um, i i think there yeah, there were shades of that yes um so that's one the other thing that they're uh, really harping on is you've got Ryan Murphy, yeah, who assembled an amazing group of creative people to do pose and to do pose really well. Yeah, um, pose is about a group of of trans, mostly trans um, women of color. Mm-hmm. Non, it's LGBTQIA. It's a kind yeah. Of, there, there's it's so many in the spectrum. Everything. Well, and it's it's set um, in. The 80s in ball culture where there's a intentionally, I would argue, a lot more gray space and a lot more liminality. Right. It's in, in the terms. AIDS epidemic. Yeah. Um, and it's done really well. Yeah. Yeah. Pose it is great. Is, and this this is like the penultimate thing that Ryan Murphy has mm-hmm. done that yeah. everyone can agree on. Yeah. Like, everyone can go like, hey, there's a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff you go... Okay, these parts are good. These parts are not so good. Some of this is just weird. Mm-hmm. But most folks that I know who have seen Pose, like, agree it's a slam dunk. Yeah. So you, you got he's reached that point in his career, and he then casts a straight actor to play this gay character in this film mm-hmm. about coming out yeah. and acceptance. Um, 
And I think that that, while James Corden didn't have, didn't make that choice Mm -hmm. to be cast, I mean, he could have turned it down. Yes. But I think a lot of the... That is coming from Murphy's casting yeah. choice. Mur- Murphy could have done a better job. <laughs> and yeah, um, I'm, now that I'm see- picturing Nathan Lane in this role, like how perfect would that have been? <laughs> yeah, that there were a lot of a lot of other choices that would yeah. have that could have been stronger. And for those of you who aren't like, this may be a new concept mm-hmm. um, that 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 there's a lot that there's an argument made. And it's really an ethical one that that um, more LGBTQ actors should be pa- playing LGBTQ roles. roles. Because there's a smaller number of those roles. And when you're taking a marginalized group and not casting them into those very few roles, because there's a lot of folks who are in the LGBTQ umbrella who were not cast for straight roles, mm-hmm. who are not cast in cis roles. Yeah. And so the only thing left for them in a lot of cases is the idea, well, you can at least play any of these gay roles that come up. And so when those roles aren't given to that pool of actors, it pings alarms. It goes, it, yeah. why, why, why was, was James Corden really the best person for this role? And having watched this, I would say probably not. No. Regardless not, not of just Corden's because sexuality, not just because of sexuality, but you, I, but that's the sort of counter argument. People was like, "Well, you got to cast the best person for the role," and I go, "Okay, but we didn't." And so we have the same in talking about casting um, in any non-traditional yeah. casting. Yeah. Um, and it's not arguing that only straight people can play straight roles, and only LGBT people can play LGBT. No, it's roles. not that at all. It's looking at the numbers that we have and the now. trends, and and also the fact the more diversity you have on screen and behind the scenes, the less likely you are to really trip up on making um, some problematic things or some yeah. stereotypes Going that back are to damaging. Pose, one of the reasons that Pose is as successful as it is considering in particular Ryan Murphy's track record with transness in his shows. Glee had some real misses. Nip Tuck got real bad in a couple places. I didn't watch it, but I've read about it. Um, He brought in a number of creatives from those communities to be a part of the production of the Mm -hmm. show, and that is what helped elevate it and helped it become authentic in that sort of sense well he also ryan murphy got praise for bringing normal heart to hbo yeah um doing an all gay version of boys in the band with the original broadway cast i should point out um, <laughs> which this was not not, oh, uh, not no, the original no. broadway cast they're the, the show's older than <laughs> so the, old. the broadway cast of the current revival <laughs> Not the original, although that would be uh, interesting to see I too. Mean, we got rent the film, so. <laughs> but yes, the HBO version of Boys in the Band, I think it was HBO, had the cast yeah. from the most recent Broadway revival also in it. But yeah, yes. so these are like big, Good on you, Brian. big yeah, thumbs Ryan up Rainer, for the queer Ryan community. Rose. No, what? Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Ryan Murphy, and. Yeah, he gets this stuff right a lot of the time. And so, so this, this felt a, like a misstep. This stuff is miss, especially as it is a queer story. Yeah. That Explicitly is really so. overshadowed kind of by the story of Meryl Streep's character. Yeah. I, 
I feel like. I, I agree. I think some of that is also you cast Meryl Streep, and that's just going to happen. That just happens. It's just going to happen. Um. Uh, I also think this... Oh, the point I was originally making when I brought up um, James Corden was I was expecting the worst for James Corden, and I really felt let down by Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she didn't... There were moments when I really saw, like, Chorus Girl coming from yeah. her acting and her voice. But then there were a lot of moments where she just looked very blah. Yeah, was she very just was blah, just standing very low there, energy just around. Um, Which was disappointing. With, I don't think the, the story brought in her no. enough. Again, I want to compare it to the Broadway. Yeah, I want to see it on stage and how um, it changes. I, I'm sure some stuff gets cut for Broadway. I mean, this was... Two twelve, two hours and twelve minutes long, so it's not short. You know, they didn't they didn't tighten it up to a ninety, which definitely has happened with stage to screen musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was more for her there, or well, just more business on I stage. Actually, we got to forty five minutes and we paused to yeah. take a bathroom break, and I saw that there was another like hour and a half of the film, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what? I can't believe we have another hour and a half. What are they going to do? I did have a little bit of that um, in in that sim- same moment when we paused. And then, of course, we got to the, the reveal of the prom, which I was like, oh, there's our act break. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> there's our big act one, and we're going to have to deal with the ramifications of this in act two after the intermission. Should we get to the prom, and she's the only one there because they've all decided to move prom to a different space. Yeah, they have a separate prom. So they have an inclusive prom for her and a separate one for the rest of the students in another place. Yeah. And it's um, a huge humiliation. Which is a real thing that happens. Um, and is horrible. Uh, and I felt really bad in that moment, mostly because I think the actress Emma sold it really well. Mm-hmm. She she made me believe it, and I was sad. Um, was, yeah. yeah, I, I do think great. she brought the best performances. Yeah, by far. Um, in the um, film. So yeah, so then we had another forty five minutes by that point of show as we have to wrap up all the loose ends that we have laid out. Over the course of the first act. Mm-hmm. That's how two act structures work. Yeah, but I still, I, I think it could have been cut down. I'm not sure where, but it did, it just felt. I I think you, you would have to, to do it well, you'd have to sacrifice some of the Meryl Streep stuff. You'd have to sacrifice some of the James Corden stuff. Yeah. And I think it would be streamlined, but maybe unbalanced if you yeah. did that. Okay, I'm not writing the film <laughs> that I wanted it to be. I need to focus on Wait, the film the that film it, where it is. What the film that it is, and that was the act break, and yeah. um, they go, they all go on to do more things because mm-hmm. more problems, are, yeah, more conflicts are introduced. I do think um, the. The movie felt very two-act to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that is because I know it was a Broadway show. Um, but a lot of Broadway shows have what we like to call second-act problems. <laughs> and this also felt like it had some second-act problems. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we just got to tighten up the second act. Um, or, like, we don't need to solve every single problem we've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I kind of enjoyed Meryl Streep's subplot. I think it it worked really well. I think because it came from 
Bob Martin and his creative team and a little bit of their experience having a Broadway smash hit and sort of the the world of what that's like afterwards and how you respond to that mm-hmm. and you know not that Bob Martin ever pulled out his Tony at a hotel check in like, are you sure you don't have a better room? And she pulls out a Tony, Tony Award. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, yeah, but do you really have a better room? And pulls out the other Tony Award. So that was one of my favorites. Oh, such a good moment. Such a perfect moment. And I think the, that was a moment that I don't know who would work on stage. Um, that seems like it was a new piece, but I don't know if it was or not. Uh, but there were so many moments that felt like they would work really well on stage that mm-hmm. suffer in a film adaptation, yeah. in a film format. Um, not as bad as, like, I think the producer's musical. Which yeah, is which real, was a little too much flat. like the the stage. There's this difficult. Yeah, oh! It is difficult, difficult. Move one to the other. Difficult. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think of other things I liked about that character uh, um, and her. Meryl Streep's character? Mm-hmm. That, that story yeah, arc. I liked. I liked the the struggle she had with empathy and like doing good things. I think she played the comedy of that pretty well. Yeah. Um, Selfless acts. I liked the first song she did. Well, it wasn't the first song she did. Um, where they're in the gym and they're going to crash this PTA mo- meeting yes. and they come in and the song "It's Not About Me" or whatever it was. And it was totally, yeah. totally about. Yeah, I, I mean that that was a very good song. It reminded me of "Show Off" from Drowsy Chaperone, which is oh, okay. a similarly themed song. Okay. Um, musically very different, I think, but it's it's the leading actress in a film who doesn't want to show off anymore. Mm-hmm. She wants to relax and take it easy, and of course, she does this by showing off multiple times and doing quick changes and key changes and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, very good. One of Meryl Streep's better vocal performances, I think, in her career. Yeah, she's getting the belting down pat. Yeah. It was real strong. Um. I thought uh, Keegan-Michael Key did a really good job as the principal. Yeah. I think that is a role that that could be underdone, and he brought a lot of nuance to it. And as a guy who's always sort of looked at Broadway from afar and like, (laughs) oh, no, Patty Lapone has shown up at my doorstep and I'm a mild-mannered principal. What do I do? I think he did a lot with it. Yeah. I think it was very, very I, funny. I like the song he sings about he saves up all his money and yeah. to go to New York in the summer to see shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily the best performance of the song, but I like no. the ideas in the song yeah, and I liked the, the, I liked the, the story. Um, but yeah, he was bringing a lot of subtlety yeah. uh, and balancing out the bigness the big the big kind of like presentational style of what was it dd Ad- meryl yeah, street's meryl character street, and james corden's character mm-hmm. and nicole kidman yes all, all very big um i didn't know carrie washington could sing that was new information for me yeah i was i, I was thought happy she did with a her. good job i, was happy I don't her. like it when carrie washington is mean that's <laughs> Like, I think that was a thing that I had to get over. But I'm like, Carrie Washington, you're so amazing. Why Why you got to be mean? But she did a good job with it. Um, yeah. I think, hmm. 
I think in some ways, I'm thinking about how her, Carrie Washington's character is very pressuring on her daughter to mm-hmm. be perfect. Who, and her daughter has a song about that. It's another one. Like yeah. Story moment, character moment that yeah. I um, enjoyed. And how Washington, or the character, Mrs. Green, mm-hmm. explains, I just didn't want to make life harder Hard. yeah. for you. Um, and that felt like a really sincere mm-hmm. sincere moment um, and made her sympathetic. And I'm just thinking that this, the upbeatness of this is such an important, well, it's such an important story to have out there because yeah. this is a story that so many kids and adults can relate mm-hmm. to. It's why we have queer proms. Yeah. So uh, queer adults can have that experience that they didn't have. <laughs> in high school Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a lot of it that kind of felt like baby's first coming out story yeah yeah no i I, the way i pictured it a little bit was like oh this is going to be played in high schools across the country for decades (laughs) which is not a bad thing you have a lot of faith in the high school system to put on a play about uh, okay, this is the petition. This is the play that all the kids in the high school theater programs are going to petition their teachers to put on. Oh, you mean like on that episode of Riverdale where they were <laughs> petis- petitioning to put on Hedvig? Don't get me started on that episode binge. of Riverdale. <laughs> oh, I hadn't watched Riverdale in years, and I watched that one, and I wish I hadn't. Well, you didn't watch it. I you didn't watch it. it. I stopped it. They were disrespecting Hedvig. But hey, we need we need these stories. We do. Uh, we need these stories done well. We do, and this uh, is that, this is I done think well. It is done well, even though we've come up with all of this because that's what we do. Um. Well, yeah. Oh, I am glad that the story, um, one of the storylines or elements of the story, is that um, they're the the three Broadway stars come. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman is a chorus member. Yes. Never the star. Um. And say, you must be the mouthpiece for this. You must mm-hmm. stand up and, you know, be the spokesperson be for TV. all the other t- kids going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have, for the first prom, Jane's Corden and get, gets her all gussied up after mm-hmm. she says, I want to have kind of a retro tux. Yeah. He gets her a dress and sparkly shoes. Um, and that they then the story recognizes that that was the wrong route to take mm-hmm. when Emma has this chance to go on a national TV show. She says, no, she says, no, I want to do this my way. Yeah. And I was like, great. I'm glad. Cause that was making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I've, I've been in similar situations. Not about, um, not about prom prom coming out <laughs> in other circumstances where other people have been pushing me real hard to be the spokesperson for, for something mm-hmm. no i don't want to that's not um yeah. and that was the wrong thing for them mm-hmm. to do so i and was of course, feeling that in the final prom she is wearing a retro tux. yeah i was waiting <laughs> for that i wanted to see the tux so she gets the retro tux with the ruffle shirt and all of that yeah but then what i was hoping would also have and this is a writing thing this is not the film thing <laughs> That when Meryl Streep's character pushes James Corden to call his parents, who kicked him out as a teenager, uh-huh. I just cringed. Yeah. And and that was not... You don't get to make that decision for other people. You don't get to make that decision. Uh, she does it. 
she does it for him and yeah. his mother comes to the high school and i was really disappointed that the story doesn't recognize that that is pushing someone into a place they don't want place to go they don't want to go that could be possibly traumatic yeah violent um and i just yeah i was disappointed in that i know i have several friends who have cut off parents because they were such toxic relationships mm-hmm. is incredibly hard and society all it does is pressure them to, to go back to go back and ask you know to to make it better for forgiveness yeah. somewhere for to come to understanding and that's not the healthy thing to do the healthy mm-hmm. thing is just to cut and that's just so hard yeah for most people to understand and of course in the movie it turns out okay and yeah the dad's still not come around but he gets to see his mom again and they get to go to prom together and that's cute but, right it's heartwarming yeah but that was a really awful thing to do yeah to it him. was not selfish selfless or helpful no it, it yeah it was good intention but as we know good intentions do not you know, get you all there. Um, yeah. Also, his mother was played by Tracy Ullman, which seemed like out of like there was nothing to that character. Yeah, at I don't, all. yeah. Like you, it's not a role you cast Tracy Ullman for. So. Like, hey, we're gonna bring in one of the best comic actresses of all time mm-hmm. to be sad at James Corden for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Tracy yeah. Ullman's better than that. Yeah. But that, I can't fault the film. Well, I don't... I can. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. It's probably in the musical. It may not be. They the do add Tracy Ullman's there? No. <laughs> and Meryl Streep's character calls oh, I'm sure his that's parents. A musical. I'm sure that and is. They, and it is. Seems... And it turns out well. Yeah. No, that... I'm... I'm Having not seen the musical or the stage show or even read a synopsis of the stage show, I'm confident that's in there because that fits... A Broadway structure very yes. well. Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of storyline that makes me feel like it's Baby's first coming out, coming story. out story. Yeah. Because that's, that's uncomplicated. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because... The story uh, says it's uncomplicated. Yeah. Because Ryan Murphy has done some of those stories really well. Not Again, he's not the sole creator of any of these things. He's always working in collaboration and with other people. But I remember, like, Santana's coming out on Glee... To her abuela was really difficult, and her abuela didn't really get on board with it to mm. begin with, and that was difficult. Or Kurt's coming out story also on Glee, um, which was very easy for Kurt and his dad. Like Bert was always yeah. very supportive. He was like, "I don't always understand you, but I'm here for you," mm-hmm. which is kind of what we got from Mrs. Green, Carrie Washington's character at the end too, which felt unsatisfactory again that's why i said it yeah. came out uncomplicated and and in a good ending and that's what yeah um makes it a heart lifting yes which is not always that, what that's happens something that, you know your kids can watch yeah um yeah or the same thing with um the weird song in the mall with Andrew Reynolds. That that was one of the worst songs, or like a whole set, the whole performance yeah. and the way that it was filmed and like, it, like you didn't really know where to. It may not have been. It may have been editing too. You didn't really know where to look or where how you were being led to look at things. Yeah. The concept of the song of, hey, you have a tattoo, you're going to hell if you don't love thy neighbor. Yeah, like. 
yeah, just a weird, weird song. Like that's the one you cut to make a film version. <laughs> and and in the short span of Andrew Rennell, Ran, Rannells, Rennell, I don't know, Rannells, um, character trying to convince the popular kids that hey, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that you the you break yeah the rules in the Bible you break so you that. You should follow the love of thy neighbor. And mm-hmm. and that, Which is not a bad, a bad moral. It's not a bad system. And and to be fair, that's something that I know has convinced Christians that were like, I don't like gay people because the Bible. And then you go, shrimp, polyester. And they go, you know what? But now, he, some people, of course, go, I don't care. <laughs> also, but that is a very musical theater song. It's oh, yeah. one song to completely change everyone's <laughs> mind. Um, so that is... That is yeah. Part for the course and the yeah, genre. It's fine. Um, but it what it was just to me it was the way that it was filmed and edited. Yeah. That it was hard to watch, it was hard to focus. Yeah. Well, and you didn't have really a sense of who these characters were that he was convincing before or afterwards. They were the popular kids. Yeah, I know, but like Popular kids are people too. They have inner lives and mm. perspectives. Have you seen any teen high school shows about the archetypes? No. Of tell me teens. Explain. Yeah, the popular kids don't like all the other kids. Oh, okay. For lots of reasons, <laughs> and in this one, it includes being gay. Yeah. So I was I was disappointed that like we spent that much time on that song with people we don't really know that well because I also think Andrew Rennell's character is the least developed of the the core four Broadway. Yeah, people. he went to Juilliard. He went to That's, Juilliard. That is his character. Yeah, and to be fair, there are definitely people out there who went to Juilliard, and that's all I tell you. Yeah, well, same with Harvard. Yeah, it's a requirement. <laughs> Which I don't know. It's fair. It's really hard to get into those places. Yeah, it is. It is. So. I get uh, it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I wonder, this is our first take. I wonder if another week or two we'll have different ideas yeah, about probably. this film. As, as, I, there seems to be incredibly heavy backlash against James Corden. And yeah. And again, I don't, I don't think it's James Corden's fault. I like. Well, and that's what I'm saying. In yeah. two weeks, we may change our mind on that. Yeah. And be wrong. We, we've been wrong be, before. Um, because it's hard, it's hard to make a call when a lot of yeah. gay critics are saying this is gay face mm-hmm. and and very very bad. Yeah, it is. So um, you know, we reserve the right, as always, to be wrong. Yeah. Um, when we're like, well, it was it was less bad. Yeah. Than we expected. <laughs> I think I think we had had just prepared ourselves for garbage that um, this coming out just fine was okay yeah yeah but i also think like there's um riley silverman who i follow on twitter is a stand-up comedian who talked who watched this yesterday on twitter and like tweeted a few times about it and was talking about how you know yes the james corden stuff wasn't great but also like watching all of these queer kids get to walk into prom together was such a huge deal for her. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, like, those sorts of things are, are why she's going to keep watching the movie again and well, again. Well, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. This is a story that needs to be told and yeah. seen. And yes, let's put it in a bright, peppy, hu- peppy <laughs> brightly lit, huge stars thing on Netflix so yeah. everyone can see Absolutely. it. Absolutely. At the holidays. Normally, your families would be there. But now they're <laughs> not. not a and, and that's so you can't. It's complicated. Absolutely. Yeah, and having teenagers having an inclusive mm-hmm. prom, seeing people of different genders and de- different sexualities and mm-hmm. sizes at the end. Yeah, like, it was very exciting. It was a nice moment. And that's and that's why you should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, I did see um, Alyssa, the actress who played Alyssa, um, was the bullet in the original Broadway production of Hamilton. She was an ensemble member, oh. but she was credited as the bullet, um, which I thought, like, if you're going to be in an ensemble piece, like, that's a cool one to get. Yes. <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting, and I, this is just a thing I Okay, I, I recognize her from her headshot of who she was. I recognized her, and I was like, is this someone that I've seen before? Okay. Um, but I, it was not who I thought it was. I thought it was... Um, Jane the Virgin. But, oh, she's in West Side Story as Anita yeah, coming up. That's very exciting. Ooh. Um, I'm real curious to see what Steven Spielberg does with West Side Story. Uh-huh. I don't know that it'll be good, but I'm real curious. Uh-huh. Uh, what was the point I was making? She was good. She was Oh, she was one of the very few people who has much Broadway experience mm-hmm. in the movie. And I wish... When we are making film adaptations this close to a Broadway production, I think it's worth asking if we're going to bring any of the Broadway cast in, especially when and I don't I don't know the production of this particular musical. I do know that a lot of Bob Martin stuff in the past is fairly collaborative, where the actors can bring a lot to mm. their roles. Um creatively and so Mm -hmm. removing them for the film adaptation feels like you're removing them from the creative process and replacing them with big names i also learned that when i was looking up that that um equity passed a huge deal where one percent of profits get shared with origination casts like for the lifetime of a musical and mostly like it started because of hamilton um but yeah, Broadway shows under standard equity contracts now take one percent of profits if the show is profitable mm-hmm. and split it amongst the cast of the original cast, including like touring companies and ongoing shows, film rights, all that sort of stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool and something that needs to be done because the ad theater is a collaborative space and people take the originations of roles and work from those like if you go see the broadway tour of wicked once the broadway tour of wicked comes back those roles are oh post pandemic yeah it's like it's gonna go forever yeah <laughs> but not right now because the yes. pandemic but once broadway tours are back um you're going to see performances that were heavily inspired by the original alphaba and galinda yes and you will always be comparing it to- yeah and that is a creative act in the same way that writing a script is. 
um, so I'm excited about that. Good, good for Broadway. Yes, I'm just looking at the cast of the <laughs> the Broadway, Broadway show and its premiere in Atlanta. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't recognize. Yeah, it wasn't any a lot of, of the names, names um, but I, I thought you were going to say too in a post Hamilton world where Hamilton itself has just made got filmed. <laughs> filmed but the actors in it who didn't have film careers are now well known and oh, yeah. are now in film like there is crossover mm-hmm. um, when you let it be right we all know now Kristen Chenoweth and Idina Menzel from Wicked yeah when we the public was less aware yes if you were a Broadway file you you already knew yeah them. you knew them. <laughs> You knew, you knew, you knew, you knew, um, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Uh, it's Chenoweth's first Tony. She was, she was Sally. I think she was Sally. Yeah. I can picture her as Sally, even if she wasn't. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think. Yes. If you were in the Broadway community, you knew who these people were. But yeah. But I don't know that you get Adina Menzel in Frozen without Adina Menzel in Wicked. Yeah. And the crossover success that Wicked had. Um, you certainly don't get like David Diggs and everyone else in Hamilton all over the place without the success of Hamilton. Yeah, but I'm saying that they, well, at least in Hamilton, they're in the film of it. They are. That if you did a Broadway, <laughs> if you did a, this was on Broadway in 2018, mm-hmm. film adaptation now in 2020, mm-hmm. it's so close, you could bring you could, in you those You could bring actors, in those actors. And that there's more of a commercial space that they will be absolutely well known. Yeah, I mean, like they brought in the original cast minus one for the film adaptation of Rent, and they were all ten years too old by then. Well, but we already knew them post Rent. Post Rent, yes. some of them we did. I don't. I don't think. I think we knew like Adina. I think we knew uh, Benny. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Well, oh, in. Uh, uh, Law and Order guy. Oh gosh, what's his name? <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Law and Order guy. Jesse Martin. Jesse is that Martin. His name? Yeah, Jesse yeah. L. Martin or L. Jesse Mar- Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, we knew him. Um, but like uh, Stamets, I don't think he ever Anthony made it. Rapp. Anthony Rapp. I don't think he'd ever made it big on on broadcast media. Mm-hmm. He was still in Broadway for a long time and, and very good. And now he's in Star Trek, which is also great. And we have gotten way off task. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> look at my notes. Is there anything else I wanted to mention? Um, uh, urinal cakes are poisonous, maybe? That was funny. That was such, such a an, like, under-delivered. So good. Well, because you could hear him talking as she was walking in. And he said something like, yeah, each one took a big bite. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, or each one had a big bite. I'm like, what is that in reference to? That's a weird conversation to be having. And so that was so perfectly set up when he answered, like, oh, I was just talking about whether or not poisonous. It was just a, it was a perfect joke. It was perfectly delivered. It was so set up. Wonderfully like, set up. Uh, it was like the straight man joke. Yeah, yeah, understated. Uh, oh, that's the word, understated. It's- such a good joke. Uh, other lines. We don't have a drama program. Oh, that's why you don't have any empathy. Oh yeah, so true. So true. So true. <laughs> theater. Theater the teaches arts. people yeah. empathy. Uh, you don't even have to be in theater. You just have to go yeah. watch theater. It teaches you empathy. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wrote that. The prom definitely feels like a love letter to the theater. 
in a lot of its jokes and a lot of its asides and a lot of bits. And none of that works well on screen. Mm. <laughs> or very little of it works well on screen. Like, it, I think it would play so much better on stage because it's jokes about theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and since most of the movie isn't about theater, it's about the prom. And that's, cause that's the story we're telling. When you remove that context of the theater, the jokes fall flat, I think. Yeah, I wasn't noticing all of this. I was there's too much. I kind of there's need, a lot. I kind of needed a second go through to really fully talk about it. Yeah, but we don't do that. We we, we yeah. don't watch things twice. Maybe 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 we do. Uh, what was the warning at the beginning? Thematic elements. Oh, yeah, we're, we've been laughing recently at the the. Netflix. They're not trigger warnings, but the, how they describe the how ratings. it's ratings. Yeah. Like TVMA substances. We're fear. Trying, that those are the ones that have been on the Umbrella Academy, and we're trying to figure out what that means. Yeah. And here on the prom, it was thematic elements. Thematic elements. Yeah. And uh, I, I would argue that all 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 TV movies, all TV have thematic thematic elements. elements. It's kind of it's how art works. Yeah, it's kind of how art works. <laughs> so I don't know what that's code for. Probably gay stuff. I I don't know. I don't know. That would probably be under sexuality. Oh, yeah, that would be under that, sexuality. That's a warning yeah. that they put up. Um, and then the last note I wrote, which is not actually related to this movie, um, but I wrote, it's weird that Supergirl and Flash were both in Glee in its later years. Yeah. That's just a thought I had watching yeah. this just to clarify, they're not in this movie. They're not in this movie. Kevin's brain went, Ryan Murphy, Glee. <laughs> the Flash and Supergirl were in Glee. Well, part of it was I also thought Andrew Reynolds was in Glee. That was the, the, oh, the okay. also connection. I don't think that he was. I don't think he was either. <laughs> I think I was thinking of... Uh, Chris Coffer? No. no. Uh, Chris Coffer's boyfriend in Glee. Oh, yeah. Lane. Who has been in... Um, Ryan Murphy stuff. Ryan Murphy stuff. Because I was thinking about like Ryan Murphy's stable of actors. Oh, I can't remember his Jonathan name. Groff. It's n- <laughs> no. No? Not it's who am not. I thinking of then? Um Darren Chris. Darren Chris. You are thinking of Darren Chris. Was Jonathan Groff in Glee? Isn't he like much older than a high schooler? I don't know, Adina Menzel was in Glee. Uh, but not as Kirk's boyfriend. <laughs> Kirk had another teenage boyfriend. Yeah, played by that guy. Darren Chris. Darren Chris. Well, Darren Chris and Jonathan Groff have both been on Broadway, so there. Uh, yes, he was in Glee. Oh, for okay, he's much episodes. younger than I thought he was. Yeah, he's Jesse St. James, who was also, he was the lead of Vocal Adrenaline. All right, well, he, here's the problem, Kevin. You watched Glee... Much further than I did. I stopped. Yeah, you stopped when the show should have ended. It was bad. It was just making me mad because it was bad. And so I stopped. And I don't know all these things. No, that's fine. You didn't miss anything. Uh, I stopped and then I went back for the last season and then stopped because it was so bad. Uh, So, yes, Ryan Murphy stuff gets bad in the later seasons. I'm looking at you, American Oh, Horror that's Story. okay. So he was one of the King Georges in Hamilton. Yes, he okay. was one of the King Georges in Hamilton. I think he was the King George? The first? Yeah, Groff was in, like, Hamilton, the mu- movie, too. Yeah. 
Well, Hamilton, the, that wasn't, they had a different at the public, the cast. Oh, yeah, the public was a different show. Well, the person who originated—I don't remember—that is so off topic. I don't. I don't even need to. Jonathan Groff was did play King George the Third in the Broadway. Production. I don't know if he was the first one. No, I think Andrew Rannells also played George. Yes, I think he did. In At later, some point. later. Cool. Yeah, not important for the purposes of this <laughs> analysis. Should we talk about our Patreon? Let's talk about our Patreon, Kevin. We have a Patreon. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash five degrees and give us an amount of money per episode that we put out. You can put a monthly cap on it if you don't, if we do like 10 episodes and you're like, I don't want to pay for 10 episodes this month. Yeah, I want to pay for two episodes this month. You can do that. You and that's fine. That. We won't stop you. Uh, podcasts are always meant to be free, free like birds. So we will always make ours free and accessible on the internet at our fancy website, five degrees between dot us. Uh, or in your favorite RSS reader podcatcher app. But we always appreciate um, our patrons who are able to help us make this a thing on a regular basis. It pays for hosting of our audio and helping us pay for movies and our Netflix accounts and things like that. And we have various tiers you can give us money at. At even the lowest tier of a dollar per episode, you get extra super unedited episodes of the podcast. Yes, and today, previous to starting the podcast, we did have a very long conversation. Had, so, uh, uh, Yeah, I guess we could call it a conversation. We spoke at each other for a little while. Uh, because we, you get the full moment we turn the mic on to the moment we turn the mic off. Uh, so that's super bonus audio, often with cat noises. Yes, and currently our cat is trying. going to break our TV. She wants really to get behind that TV, and she cannot figure out how to do it. I'm worried she's going to pull the Apple TV down. I know, that's why I didn't put the Apple TV on top of that shelf. The tall shelf. We're just, we're going to preemptively take <laughs> the Apple TV down. Yeah, because you're going to cause trouble. Uh, so yes, listen to our podcast, rate us on iTunes, subscribe to our Patreon, we appreciate it. You also get, at any tier, uh, the list of movies we did not watch for a given episode, because to ease Amy's parent analysis paralysis, I always pick a list of movies, and she picks which one she wants to watch from that. And that is my choice. He's yeah. not making me do anything. <laughs> it sounds so like under duress. Yes, this is my choice. <laughs> I definitely want this to be happening right now. If you don't know me, I have severe anxiety. <laughs> Choices are hard. That's why the eye doctor is the worst. Very worst a, doctor. Is to B? To. Which one, one is better? Number two. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so any movies we didn't pick, you can find on that list uh, that we share every time we release an episode on our Patreon. Uh, that's really what it is. Mostly the Patreon is to support us if you like what we do and want to help us keep making it. That's how you go about doing it. But you can also help us keep making it by telling your friends. Say, hey, I listened to this couple talk about movies. I don't know why, but you should too. Uh, or, you know, tell your enemies. We don't care. Tell anyone you want. And we're just watching as our cat, yeah, our cat uh, is, is trying some more daredevil She is getting tricks. into so much trouble. Uh -oh. So we may have to end this just to take care of our, <laughs> our cat from hurting herself. Well, I'm, I'm out of stuff to talk about. So. All right. So we're good. We're good. Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.